are listening to What the HR Podcast. I am Jesse Novi, an HR business partner with C.H. Robinson. And unfortunately, my partner in crime, Mike Toole, is not able to join me today, so I will be holding down the fort. I am thrilled to be joined by two incredible women, Natalie Watkins and P.K. Crea from Marsh and McLennan Agency, also referred to as MMA. Before we dive into our episode, I want to give a brief overview of P.K. and Natalie. P.K. joined the organization in 2002, and Natalie joined in 2016. Both of these talented women provide advice on health and welfare plans, total reward strategies, well-being and wellness programs to a diverse base of corporate clients. They also help their clients to solve business challenges by deploying strategies that create better healthcare consumers and keep employers current on benefit trends in the marketplace. So thanks, ladies, for joining me today. What a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So to get us kicked off, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit more about MMA and what it's like to work with a benefits consultant? I think that this is going to be especially important for our listeners who haven't worked with a benefits consultant and are maybe not responsible for making decisions on total rewards within their HR team. Great. Sure. This is Natalie Watkins. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, Marsha McLennan Agency is an employee benefits and risk management consulting firm here in Minneapolis. We partner with mid-size employers. We consider that about 20 lives to 5,000 lives. Uh, we have offices coast to coast with over 6,000 colleagues. And PK and I specifically focus on the employee benefits side of things. As an employee benefits consulting firm, we help employers mitigate what we consider to be their number two spend in their companies typically, which is their health care and all of the benefits that they offer. We help negotiate those plans as well as guide and consult with the employers that we work with on a daily basis with everything surrounding benefits. Wonderful. And before we close out the podcast today, I'll ask you guys to share how our listeners can get in touch with you in case they're interested in working with, with one or both of you ladies. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So why don't we get into, um, what you're hearing from your clients, um, this year as, uh, maybe some hot topics for 2020. I'll take that one. This is PK and we do strategic planning with our clients every year. So hot topics are things that we hear about routinely when we meet with our teams. And of course it's an election year. So there's a lot of unknowns. They're asking us those questions. Um, the tight labor market is the number one concern that our clients have. Um, succession planning with businesses, with the aging workforce and the multiple generations in the workforce and leadership development is coming up a lot. Training diversity and inclusion is a hot topic that I hope we'll get to today. Um, the mental health crisis, of course, rising healthcare costs and pharmacy costs as well. That's a hefty list. Yes, it is. And do you, are you seeing those hot trends um, all across organizations, or is it dependent based on industry or size of organization? It does depend on industry and size, and every company is a little bit different, and then it depends on geography as well. All right. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about um, benefits trends? Yeah, sure. So a trend, uh, as we're here in 2020, it, you know, definitely revolves around meeting the needs of the multiple different generations in the workplace. You know, from parental leave being a hot button and care uh, giver leave. Mm-hmm. Millennials are asking for more work from home policies. Uh, in addition to that, flexible work environments. Is it fun at work? How do they make it fun? 
Career development has been a hot button. PK referenced it above and uh, specifically for the millennial generation. They're interested in knowing, you know, how their manager cares about them and what the opportunities of growth look like within the employer. Telemedicine is a hot button. I would add, I know I mentioned it earlier, the mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. It really is a mental health crisis in this country and globally, and it's coming up with our employer groups a lot. And there's a lot of innovation around trying to solve for that. Telemedicine specifically is now um, starting to offer mental health visits with the telemedicine platform. So that's new. Mm-hmm. And a lot of employers are really trying to push that out to their employees. Real quick on yeah. that. I just yeah. don't want to make any assumptions that people know what telemedicine is. So my oh, understanding sure. of telemedicine is like the quick call to an online nurse or doctor that can help with really common illnesses, maybe like a UTI or a yeast infection or... I don't know. Correct. Yes. Yes. Is that correct? So in telemedicine, it can either be over the phone or online. Mm -hmm. And so depending on the vendor and the situation, you can have a phone call with the provider. It can either be a physician or a nurse practitioner. And what's happening now with the telemedicine trend is that you can actually have an online visit with a mental health provider online. So is that a new service that the telemedicine providers are are newly providing or has it been something they have provided, but maybe like a piece of the service that employers hadn't been using historically? It's very new. Very new. new. We're still okay. actually learning about it and okay. the different vendors and how mm-hmm. they're approaching it. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would add to Natalie's points are the holistic approach to wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, we have found that it's far more important than just to be talking about physical health. We need to be talking about, we call um, Tom Rath's book, the f- well-being, the five areas of well-being career, social, financial, physical, and community, Mm -hmm. and looking at all of those pieces. And that approach for our employer groups is really important because the employees want to look at all of those pieces. If an employer is like, I haven't really had a listening strategy around total rewards. I'm not really sure what my my employees are looking for. Do you guys offer any sort of like survey or total listening strategy around total rewards for your clients? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, we do surveys. Yeah. We mm-hmm. survey a lot. Surveys are really helpful. We never want to over survey. Right. That's uh, another challenge, I think, but that is a great way to learn from your employees what they want. And then it's important to craft the questions so that they can answer them and, and get to what you're looking for. So mm-hmm. For example, do you want to add more benefits to your benefit portfolio or are your employees happy with what you're already offering? You have to phrase those questions so that they can answer them. Mm -hmm. And if the employer is offering enough choice, for example, we often will hear in a more standard or structured survey, like the great places to work, Mm -hmm. it will say, what is your satisfaction with benefits and our clients and employers don't know if someone says they're not happy, that might not have anything to do with health insurance or anything we touch. It could be, it could be the work from home policy. It could be the 401k match. And so you have to structure the questions so that they can really answer what we're trying to figure out. And you guys will consult with your clients on ways to phrase those questions. Absolutely. Because the mental health crisis is such a big topic right now, can we talk about that a little bit further just regarding you know, how you guys are consulting on that and maybe some of the services in addition to the, the telemedical services? 
that employers are leveraging? Yeah. One way uh, that we're addressing this crisis is we have mental health first aid uh, course in our office, and it's an eight uh, hour certification course that we are offering to roll out to our uh, clients. So there's a few employees internally that run this course and we bring it up to clients uh, where it might be of interest or um, of an opportunity to bring to their organization. And uh, I think PK, is it room for like 20 there's room for 30, 30 in and we will actually bring it to our employer group. So mm. we have gone on site at some of our client companies and actually trained their management teams or if they have a large HR team. So we're happy to do that. There's also courses. It's the same exact course actually globally that's being offered. It's called mental health first aid. We think of it like CPR, CPR trainings, three hours, mental health first aid is eight hours. It's pretty taxing, Mm -hmm. but it is very, very helpful. And there's kind of a global movement to get people trained. Mm -hmm. I know they're actually training in school systems now as well. And so we want to make sure we can make it convenient for the employer. So we're bringing it to the employers, but also it's offered in the community as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And are employers typically offering that to people leaders or anybody in the organization? Typically people leaders. Mm -hmm. We found managers. It's touching every employee, it seems, and people are dealing with this and are not exactly sure how to deal with a a, a unique, sensitive employee matter. And so we found not just HR teams, management teams. And I think it's still fairly new to figure out who all should we include in that. So sometimes the HR teams will start and then they'll go through it and think, I think we need to get this out to all of our managers. Let's transition a little bit into recruitment and retention and how benefits are really playing a role with this, especially right now with the war on talent and employers really struggling to retain talent and maybe also to recruit uh, the type of skill set that they need for some of their harder to fill positions. You want to take that one, Nat? Sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can think about it kind of out of a millennial uh, lens as a millennial myself, um, but also as a benefits consultant, you know, I can see it. Uh, from my peers and then also from our clients where in many cases, you know, with the unemployment rate being so low, there's multiple offers on the table for individuals and, and benefits can really be the deal breaker. Uh, specifically millennials want that offer broken down. So what does, you know, the employer is offering to give me X amount a year, but what does that mean? What is the PTO policy? Is there, you know, flexibility? Can we work from home? Are there our hours flexible? What does the, you know, work environment look like? The fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Peak, uh, ping pong tables and beer, um, little things like that add up. And also they, they're, they want to know if the employer is, you know, meeting them where they're at too. We can talk all day on 401k and, you know, planning for retirement, but do they understand where I'm at in my stage of life where I may have quite a bit of student loans too? That was one thing from a benefit term perspective that, um, I think we forgot about, which is the student loan repayment programs. Yeah. And yeah. there's a, certainly a great interest in that. And not only the repayment, they're also now these vendors are refinancing loans. And so the challenge Mm -hmm. to Natalie's point is if you focus on just the 401k, we're missing this other part, which is the student loan repayment and trying to bridge and look at both of those things, just like parental leave is super important. Well, so is caregiver leave. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's unique about the workforce with the multiple generations colliding. Their needs are very different. How Um, are you finding that your clients are balancing that? Again, they're surveying their Mm -hmm. employees. Okay. And I have a strong opinion that if we're going to be talking about parental leave, we shouldn't be having that conversation 
separately from caregiver leave, for example. Mm -hmm. And so the conversations need to occur together and be thinking about all the generations at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a challenge and an opportunity because if you're bringing one thing to one employee segment and not to the other, that can be detrimental too. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're really finding. There's all these trends these vendors come to us as consultants to bring the trends to the employers and not often, I mean, if you bring one, it can also backfire because then people get disgruntled or frustrated that, well, what about me? Mm-hmm. I've got different needs. I don't have student loans to pay. Or another one is pet bereavement. You know, a lot of things with different policies. Did and you so say pet? Pet, pet bereavement. bereavement. Yes, and okay. pet bereavement. Leave. I didn't know that was yes, a thing. It is a thing. Okay. And so for people who don't have children, for example, their pets are their children. Right. And so what's the employer doing for that? And millennials and are very interested in that. But that's another thing that's coming. Really, I think that one comes through on all generations. Those are the types mm-hmm. of things employees are looking for, again, in their job offer. And I would just add, too, to some of the points Natalie made is the career development and the investment in the employees that a company is doing. The young, new-to-the-workforce employees really want to see that you're willing to invest in me. Mm-hmm. And they care a lot about that, mm-hmm. which is almost separate from benefits that, than the stuff that we do all day long, but it comes up in our conversations. Mm-hmm. So are you guys finding on that note that investment in furthering their education is more important to them than helping to reduce existing student loans? They're separate. The career development that I'm referring to is that once you get into the workplace, how are you going to support me and help me navigate working mm-hmm. here? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even understanding so many pieces of just being in the workplace, etiquette yeah. and everything related to politics and growing your career and how do I get to the next place. Mm-hmm. And I think really investing so that the employees don't get unhappy because something's missing and leave, which is another kind of bad rap the millennials are getting mm-hmm. is that they don't stay when they really just need to be heard and they need to be shown movement and paid attention to mm-hmm. and feel mm-hmm. like they're being invested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Natalie, what would you add? Cause I know you've got great perspective on that. I would just add that. Yeah. Millennials typically have an expectation that they sit down with their manager regularly and they evaluate, you know, how their manager respects them and is helping them get to the next place. So they expect feedback and advice and, uh, you know, to PK's point, really a career development path within the organization. And if they don't feel as if there's growth opportunity within the organization and that that they're being supported and guided, then they perhaps might start looking for another job outside of the organization. Yeah. It's interesting. This is like a topic for an entirely different podcast, but you know, there's been these two camps and I feel like we go back and forth. The can't, the one camp of, I think we should get rid of formal reviews those aren't needed. They're really redundant. They take a lot of work. Man, people leaders don't really put in the time and the attention needed. And then there's this camp that's like, well, hey, I really like feedback. Mm-hmm. I like to know how my leader feels like I'm showing up every day. And I like to get feedback on how I'm performing in the job I'm in today to help prepare me for future roles within the organization or maybe even outside of the organization. And I think that some organizations that have gone completely away from formal reviews are now coming back to it. And with, you know, the multiple different generations comes a lot of different communication styles and education styles. With there being five different generations, you know, different generations are going to prefer less of that formal review. And then other generations are going to demand more of the review and regular check-ins. You know, another challenge that employers face and 
is just education kind of all around on hitting all the different generations in, in the workplace. Um, let's transition into DNI, one of my favorite topics. Um, so how are companies looking at diversity and inclusion as it relates to their total reward strategy? I'll take that one. This is PK. I um, actually am fortunate to be on our national steering committee at MMA for diversity and inclusion. And it is quite a heavy topic. So much work to be done in this area. I just actually completed a certification course, which was one week long with my colleagues throughout the country. So I learned a lot. And so I'd love to be able to just speak to some of that. Yeah. Um, you know, inclusivity, I almost think is more important than the diversity piece. There seems to be a trend where companies are spinning those, and it's now inclusion and diversity, inclusion coming first. Mm-hmm. And then we thought, and I learned a lot about diversity of thought. And so with that, I think it's when we look at the work that we're doing, it goes back to the multiple generations in the workplace, but it's taken even further because we have to better understand needs. So take, for example, the LGBTQ community and the healthcare needs for transgender. Those are important components that a company, if you really say you have a diversity and inclusion initiative and support it, that you need to be able to show that you also will pay for the transgender surgeries. For example, I mean, that's a very simple kind of myopic piece, but something that is important that you have to be able to put your money where your mouth is and actually support those policies. The millennials, again, and the effect of employee engagement is kind of what we just got done talking about, but comes up time and time again with diversity as well and making sure the employees from all different walks of life are really getting their needs met with as an employee and that whole engagement issue, which is a whole nother topic mm-hmm. as well. So that was the training really to help educate you all as consultants and going back and speaking with your clients on that topic. The training wasn't actually, it was to be certified to even create an initiative and, and all of the things we need to be thinking about. So okay. things like how to build a business case for diversity, okay. how to bring it to business leaders, how to create employee resource groups at MMA, we call them colleague resource groups. So how to create CRGs. And there are literally over a hundred CRGs that can be created at MMA. We've created, um, new moms, a new moms group. We've created a CRG for women, which we call empower. We've created an LGBTQ CRG called spectrum and they just keep growing. In our California office, they have an Asian CRG. Um, there's a Hispanic. What I learned in this training is you could really expand on that all the way to parents of kids with learning disabilities and right. create a group. I know in the past there's been challenges about religion, for example, but you can create a CRG around spirituality. Mm-hmm. You can create a CRG around mindfulness. And so we learned about all of those things that go far beyond the traditional, I think, historical, which is race. Mm -hmm. It's far bigger than that. And so I think the statistic we got was by, well, right now, today, 2020, millennials make up half of the workforce. Yeah. And how are we speaking to them? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. again, common theme comes up in all areas. I don't want to derail us too much from our topic at hand, but just out of curiosity, uh, who are you having lead those we call them ERG or CRGs. Are you guys calling yes. them? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are they run by employees that are passionate about that topic or are they run by people leaders or a combination of both? They're run by passionate employees, employees yeah. with uh, an executive sponsor. Okay. Yeah. That's great. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It lights up the employees and how 
something so small can become so big. Mm -hmm. It's really great. Well, and two, I'm not clear on how large you guys are, but I think the bigger an organization gets too, sometimes the the more disconnected you can feel and Mm -hmm. you kind of just become a part of the team that you work with more closely. And so I think those types of groups can also really help you connect with uh, like-minded people Mm -hmm. or people that are passionate about the same things as you and other parts of the organization. And it creates this amazing network too, and makes Mm -hmm. people feel like they, they belong Mm -hmm. at a place where they spend a lot of their time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've got over 75 offices throughout the country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have over 300 colleagues here in Minneapolis, but what we're doing here is also being done in other parts of the country. So we are collaborating coast to coast, but then still keeping in mind what our own employees need. And then what's really fun is if there's a smaller office, so take the LGBTQ um, CRG. If there's a smaller office that there's not as much interest, they can come on into ours and it'll we can include them remotely mm-hmm. and that's better than nothing and so it's very much um organically being grown and we're learning through trial and error mm-hmm. and it really does light up the employees that's for sure and the other thing i would add to that is making sure we're including allies and so you don't necessarily you know if if we have our women group We have a room full of women, but guess what? There's a lot of men in attendance as well, and we need the allies. We need the support of everyone for all of our CRGs. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we're focusing on as well. Are you guys finding with your clients that a lot of the questions around diversity and inclusion are specific to groups like that or training, or is it really on benefits offerings? It goes from recruitment to retention to employee engagement to benefits. So it hits on everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I know for us, we have three pillars related to our diversity and inclusion initiative, engage, communicate, and educate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, recruitment falls in that, uh, engage bucket. And we've got to make sure that we're looking at all those pieces and it's challenging. Um, so speaking of challenges, Mm -hmm. uh, what are some challenges with the benefits offerings today? I can take this one. It's Natalie. I referenced education between the multiple different generations and communication. Also, you know, when we think about industry specific too, and naturally the types of roles that are offered, you know, within each industry specific, it always comes down to how well do our employees truly understand our benefits and our offerings today. We're encouraging employers to really try everything, even if you're having a small success or or low participation in certain areas. Ways that we're encouraging our clients to expand on their education was through WebEx, intranets, apps, group meetings, lunch and learns, one-on-one conversations, TVs in the break rooms, newsletters. It kind of goes back to surveying the employees, but with there being so many moving parts, it is important to to try everything. Um, Yeah, we do a lot more brain sharks today than we've ever done mm -hmm. before. So we even uh, offer, so so to some of our fast growth clients, we'll prepare the brain shark on all the benefits. And so in new hire orientation, they're all getting the same exact message. And when you're onboarding an employee, the employee listens to the brain shark. The brain shark is, is a voiceover PowerPoint and walks through all of the benefits similar to what is offered at open enrollment. So I know when I entered this business, it was, we do open enrollment meetings and here's a guide. Mm. It's a paper guide. And that, that doesn't work as well today. 
So we've got to look at alternative sources. We've also need to, we also need to reduce paper. And so mm-hmm. not printing guides. You can get it on an app. You can get it and put it on your internet. Employees are used to that. And again, the multiple generations in the workplace, some people still like paper. Mm-hmm. Even millennials. But, yeah. <laughs> and so we still, we still need to listen to all of those things, but not give up because the number one thing is people don't understand how to use their benefits. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we've got to keep teaching them how. And that's the role that we play as a consulting firm. And we help our clients and we play a really active role in that. We're really passionate about it because it's important. Yeah. And on that token, I know we as an organization um, have talked a lot about how we can just educate our employees more and their total, their, their app, like their total rewards package Mm -hmm. really. And, Mm -hmm. and the cost that our organization is paying for it versus their cost. And we have just not done a good job historically of telling that story. And so we obviously look at our exit interviews and you see that em- em- employees are leaving because they feel like their their total comp package isn't lucrative enough. Mm-hmm. And then they may go somewhere else and realize, well, gosh, the grass isn't actually as greener, mm-hmm. you know, on the other side. So I think that's really key is to educate, but also to help um, employees understand what is offered to me. How do I take advantage of it? Why is this important to me based on where I'm at right now in my, my life personally? Mm-hmm. And we've learned this, this statistic I think is true and has been for like 15, all the years I've been doing this, but even if you can't offer as good of a benefit package for financial reasons as an employer, the more you educate, the more satisfied the employee mm-hmm. is, yeah. the more engaged they are. And we've really seen it a lot. So it's, it's, it's something that is in the control of the employer. It just requires time mm-hmm. yeah. and energy and yeah. and effort, right? And so it's important. And not all employers can invest as much in a benefit program as others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. I know I had asked this question kind of at the, the top of our interview today, but I would like to talk about um, differences you're seeing in industries, if any. I know we had talked you know, in preparation for this interview, kind of soft perks have been hot topics. And Natalie, I think you even referenced it too in regards to millennials, mm-hmm. like ping pong tables and pool tables and beer and wine bar and all of those good things. Um, so what are you seeing as far as soft perks topics and um, differences across industries specifically? I think to PK's point, it, it's not always how generous are your plans or how many specific benefits make up your package, but it's really about the communication. And it oftentimes is driven by industries or type of employers uh, where they're located. So things that we're seeing include healthy breaks, take a walk around the block. Our office does that every day at 1.30 and anyone that's in and, and interested in getting some fresh air. It's a great little break in your day. Uh, mindfulness. It's a huge topic right now. Part of the holistic approach to wellness. And um, Can I just put a plug in yeah. for the University of Minnesota Center for Spirituality and Healing offers mindfulness courses and they are actually going to employer groups as well. And that whole piece around mindfulness, I feel like we may have left out on the mental health crisis because that is huge. Mm-hmm. Whether it's meditation or there's actually apps now that are offering CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy. And there's just that mindfulness piece is coming mm-hmm. up a lot mm-hmm. more too. And like we have a, a mindfulness kind of, um, what do we call it? It's like our wellness room, I Great guess, room. technically. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and you can go in there and rest and relax and also play your mindfulness app and, and meditate if you mm-hmm. need to escape. And so that's, I just want to make sure I interject mm-hmm. that. Sorry, oh, that's Nat. great, PK. Mm-hmm. That makes me, 
and you know mindfulness is more than doing your doing meditation or these long yoga classes it's it's about breathing too and how you're feeling in the moment so um it is really broad and it's really really hot right now and important um, you know, employee recognition is huge. And that's something that again, doesn't require a lot of, uh, money or a ton of effort, but it's, it's just a few people coming together to do really great things. So whether you're, it's, you know, someone's having a baby or getting married and you host a little 30 minute celebration in your break room or your lunch room, oftentimes we'll see employers have uh, a little bit of a, a box to their internet where they can submit something great that their colleague did. And then they can be recognized that we call it moments that matter. Yeah. And, uh, like and we nominate employees and then at our, um, we do town halls every month mm-hmm. and we recognize those employees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes peer to peer recognition can mm-hmm. be so much more motivating than even oh, you know, a supervisor sure. to mm-hmm. employee recognition. Yeah. Weaving fun into the workplace, um, of course, flexibility that we've talked on. You Don't know, forget about the dog. Dog, yeah. dog to work. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's hot right now. And beer and wine, popcorn. Mm-hmm. That's something that we do at our office too. Is mm-hmm. we'll host a little TED talk and have a colleague uh, facilitate a conversation on something they're passionate about. We'll pop popcorn and maybe open a case of beer or water and just gather um, employees together for a thirty-minute break once a month too, which is really unique and special. Mm-hmm. And when you brought up dogs, were you referencing like bring dogs to work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's not uncommon to get greeted by a dog when we go to visit a client. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is something employees appreciate. Mm -hmm. And there, I I heard recently of a vendor too, that you can actually call them and they'll like, let's say you were not bringing our pets. That's, they will bring um, animals to the employer site. Oh, Oh, sure. And, you know, think of it almost like a nursing home. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's happening Mm -hmm. in employer groups Mm -hmm. too. Mm Mm-hmm. And going back to our topic on mental health, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a ton of research on pets and mental health and how just soothing and Mm -hmm. helpful that could be, which is why they're they're brought into nursing homes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would add on soft perks, I I just have to take a moment to talk about career development again, because Mm -hmm. at MMA, we invest in our colleagues with um, a program called GROW which stands for Growth and Relationships and Opportunities at Work. It's a career development initiative. We do coaching, mentoring, and then we have a program built for the new-to-the-workforce employees called Elevate, so they meet every month for 90 minutes on career development topics. And so that gets back to when we started talking about the importance of showing the employees that you will invest in them. Mm -hmm. And it's just time and the gift of time and surrounding them with resources And so then the other thing we do that Natalie mentioned is these TED Talks once a month. We've been doing those for three years. And they started as unique topics, 30 minutes, show a TED Talk, have a conversation. And then this past year with our focus on diversity and inclusion, we changed those to include diversity topics. And so we seek out an employee who's passionate about a certain area, and then they facilitate a discussion around it. And it's amazing what some a little thing like that, how how meaningful it can be to an employee. Mm -hmm. We had, um, for veterans day, we had an employee whose entire family is in the military and she led this discussion and it was an employee that it was just really cool to see who's not often out front and center and is actually our receptionist. And Mm -hmm. she did a phenomenal job. And so something small like that means so much and that a culture invests in their people And it's sometimes hard to quantify, but when you look at turnover rates and employee engagement and retention, that that's how we measure it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are talking to our employer groups about a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how can your, 
you know, your benefit plans and offerings were, of course, we're benefits consultants, right? But how can they meet where your culture is at and what's important to your culture? Mm -hmm. I think it all kind of comes full circle really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's bringing awareness to something that a lot of people might not be familiar with as somebody who doesn't come from a military family. I think Mm -hmm. I would be incredibly educated Mm -hmm. by somebody's story. And then you're also giving somebody the opportunity to practice public speaking skills and put together sort of an outline Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. how they, how they want to share that story with their peers. So very, very cool. The other comment I'd like to make on the industry piece. So industries do matter because different industries have different profit margins and can invest more or less in benefits. And so it's important for us as consultants to know that and we need to be able to guide our employers appropriately. So it works in one industry might not work in another Mm -hmm. and have great respect for that. And I think there's a challenge and an opportunity again. So a challenge if an HR colleague comes from one industry goes to a different industry and sees that it's done very differently. And then they're trying to push ideas and sometimes industry benchmarks will help to get those things done, but there's great sensitivity. If it's a lower profit margin business that they can't offer as good of benefits. Mm -hmm. And so then what do they do? And so that's why um, the soft benefits are really important. Mm -hmm. Um, The other trend um, or that we're seeing and, and seeing it a little bit more is that contributions can change based on um, compensation. So non-exempt employees paying less for benefits than exempt employees, for example. And we do see that in like manufacturing firms or law firms that they can differentiate so that the benefits are more affordable for the lower wage earners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen that on a sliding scale based on salary too. So not just using non-exempt versus exempt, but actually like salary brackets. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Well, ladies, it was a pleasure having you here with me today. So thank you so much for educating me as well as our listeners. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, I want our listeners to be able to know where they can find you. So if you can share where they can connect with you on LinkedIn or where they can find out more about MMA, that would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. Um, we're both on LinkedIn and, uh, of course our website, www.marsh, M-A-R-S-H, M-M-A.com. That's a great way to learn about us. And, and then email addresses pk.crea at marshmma.com and natalie.watkins at marshmma.com. We also host a lot of events and seminars. Would welcome your listeners to attend our seminars and webinars. Those can be found on our events page on our website too. Mm-hmm. And thanks so much for the opportunity today. Yeah. yeah thank thank you. you. Thanks. All right. Before I close out the podcast today, I want to read a five-star review that we received from Angela8375. Angela wrote, this is such a wonderful HR podcast with great content. It feels like you're just sitting in on a conversation with people that have valuable HR insight to share. I have walked away from each podcast with ideas that I have applied in my current HR position. Thank you for putting on such a great podcast. Thank you so much, Angela837, for your comments and your five-star review. We want to get this podcast in front of other HR folks who would enjoy this content. You have no idea how much your reviews help boost um, getting visibility within our podcast directory. So please take a couple of minutes to go out on Apple Podcast and write us a review. That would mean the world to Mike and I. 
So thanks again for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you've enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor and share with your network, your boss, or your CEO. Help us get the podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you've got questions for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email Mike and I at podcast at tcsherm.org. That's podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin Cities Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you're not already a member of Twin Cities Sherm, please use code WHATTHEHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.